Hey there, on this July 21, 2021, it's EDB here, that's Eric Deshaun Barrett for long, and I believe you connected to this because you're ready for our Wednesday meditation, which will begin in just a few moments. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, I thought I could say, did I lose you? I, I know you was over there. Oh, no, I'm here. I'm here. I was in between breath and I, <laughs> whatever. I didn't, <clears throat> yeah. I'm um, here. I'm here. You here? You here? I'm here. That's right. Uh, all aboard. All aboard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You got on your pretty clothes for this morning? Oh, I did. That's what was taking me so long, you know. Had to make sure that I was all dooted up today. Jacked oh. up. <laughs> yeah, I'm dooted up today. Mm. Uh-huh. Got all these colors. Yellow, green, blue. Ooh. Well, this morning we will, uh, as they say, get ourselves started. And uh, I was uh, talking to Granny yesterday, Mama Bell. Mm-hmm. Hey, and what Granny say? Well, I'm going to tell you. I'm so glad you asked me. Because <laughs> I knew you wanted to know. I sure did. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. She said, you know, when you pray, you got to be very specific. And then I thought about uh, our conversation, and you said, uh, you know, we need more time to call some names. And so this morning, I would like to very quietly give you some time to call your names and be specific in your prayer. And then after that, we had let uh, my dear, well, we'll we'll make y'all feel like it's your little prayer meeting all over again. And uh, ran and pray, and then if your fingers is is still in punishment, then get them out for us. That sound like a plan? Yes. Praise the Lord. After she prays. So take your little quiet time. Tell me just in case. All right. I'll remind you. Take your little quiet time and be specific on your prayers. Thank you, Jesus. Don't just say, I need a car. Go down there and say, I need a car on the right side with the pink trim. Yeah, that's being specific. Uh-huh. Not the red car, but the pink car. Uh huh. Cause they'll come back with an ugly green one, so you don't you want to be specific. Hey, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you.
Oh, most holy and all-wise Father, we just thank you, we love you, and we praise you, God. And, oh, merciful Father, you said, oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. And they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he said, oh, that man would praise me. Praise the Lord in his goodness and his wonderful works to the children of envy. And in their sickness and in their problems, they cried out to God. And he said, oh, that man will praise the Lord for his goodness and his wonderful works. Help us, dear God, to see your goodness. Help us, oh God, to see your wondrous work that you have done in us. Help us to dwell on you. Help us to remember always to praise you and to magnify your name. Help us, oh Heavenly Father, to see the good and things. In spite of our troubles, in spite of our heartaches, help us to remember that you are right there with us, God. And we just thank you this morning. You said give you thanks in all things. And God, help us to praise you and thank you in all things. No matter what the situation might be, help us to say, Lord, I thank you. I thank you this morning for health and strength. I thank you this morning for the articulation of my speech, God. I thank you this morning, oh God, because you woke us up. You didn't let fire gut us out. And God, you looked down upon us with a hand of love and a hand of mercy. Oh, God, morning by morning we see new mercy, that gift of mercy that you send to us, God, that we're able to move about. May not move fast, but yet we still move. May not can do what we used to do, but we still doing. And we said thank you this morning. We just praise you this morning, God, and we just said thank you, thank you, thank you, because, God, you are so sweet. You love us so much, God. And, oh, God, we are thankful for what you are doing. Help us, oh, God, to always remember to give you thanks. Always remember that you are there with us. Oh, oh God, Emmanuel, God with us. You are with us in every situation. That's why we can give you thanks. And we said, thank you, Lord. We praise you this morning, God. Bless every listening ear. Minister to everyone that come on this broadcast this morning. You know every situation, every problem, everything they face. But God, we're giving you thanks because we know you're going to work it out for us. And we said thank you. We praise you. Bless our service this morning. Bless our pastor, God. Minister to him. Keep him encouraged, God. Keep him ever looking to you, knowing that you got all power in your hand. Knowing that you're going to work out every situation. Nothing that's going to come upon him that you can't fix it. He and you today is the majority. Thank you for him this morning, God. Bless him and keep him. Keep your face shining upon him that he can go forth glorifying you and magnifying your holy and righteous name. We thank you, we love you, and we praise you. And we give your name all the honor, all the praises, and all the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen, and amen.
the Gospel of John, chapter 5. Verses 10 through 16. It says, And so the Jews said to the man who had been healed, This is the Sabbath. The law prohibits you from taking up your mat. He replied, The man who made me well told me, Pick up your mat and walk. Who is this man who told you, pick up your mat and walk? But the man who was healed did not know who it was because Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. After this, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, see, you are well. Do not sin anymore so that something worse doesn't happen to you. The man went and reported to the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. Therefore, the Jews began persecuting Jesus because he was doing things on the Sabbath. I uh, have a lot of emotions that goes through my brain when I read a text like that. I could tell you how I feel in the streets, but I don't think that is uh, church appropriate. And again, it's not bad when you think about something like that. Some of you would just shake your head and say, this just don't make no sense. And if you haven't shaken your head and say, this doesn't make no sense, well, then I haven't been talking long enough. you to get that. A few disclaimers. Number one, I refuse on this morning to deal with verse 14 because quite frankly that verse is too loaded to deal in one setting or deal with in passing. But I do have a couple things that excites me as I think about this piece of piece of business here. Number one, I read the Bible all my life. Now pushing 30 some years, you might want to say 30 to be precise, add on a two or something because you have the years of non-consciousness, you know, that, that does exist. And out of those 30 years, we, or I, have read the Bible from a level of past tense. What I mean by that is it's easy to sit here and read these stories and kind of get happy about them. The man was healed by Jesus. The man was delivered by Jesus. But, But the problem that I have now come in contact with as I read these with a different set of lenses on is when you really focus on these pieces of business within the context by which they were written, you get all the way to the cross and you realize that there are people who did not know still who Jesus was. That's why over 
in Matthew 28 and Acts anywhere you wish to go. You have instances where Jesus comes in and says, hey, you find 12 brothers right here, 11 at this time because Judas had done his business, and so he was no longer there. That, that man, that, that spot that Judas had had to be replaced. We'll talk about that some other time. But you got 11 left, and as we head into the, the beginning stages of the Christian faith, the 11 was really the only one of significance that knew, especially outside of the Jerusalem, Judea area. I mean, it's almost like taking a person of significance here in the city. You can take a council person or a civic leader or something of that nature, and they can do wonderful things in the confines of our little uh, campground here, if you will, but if you take those persons and that, that person, you zoom out and ask about them in Florida somewhere or in South Carolina, Texas, or California, they might not have as much of a reputation of that. People may not know who they are. And so it was very fascinating when I read it and I heard the man who was healed asked a question or asked, get asked a question. Who healed you? Now, in my theological cemetery mindset, it's obvious who did that. But then I'm looking at the time that this was written. The guy did not have a clue. He was healed by a man, and he didn't even know his name. I'll let that sink in for a second. He was healed by a man, and he didn't even know his name. We have made healing and church and religion so monolithic, so singular, as if everybody is supposed to know this stuff. But even the people that operated in the time by which we are studying had no clue what was going on. Dare I say, you know of many occurrences where even the disciples <laughs> didn't have a clue what was going on. And they were following the man. And they were clueless. And then, if I could focus on this two more seconds, and I'm going to leave because there's other points I wish to, to point out. Then you have this idea of the healing part. On Sunday, we focused on that, and we talked about that very, very extensively. If you missed that, please go and get the tape. But when I get here, I go, you have a man who had been sick for so long. He had been down there 38 years. He had been passed over by the civic community, passed over by the political community, passed over by the religious community, passed over by the medical community. Everybody passed by him and acted as if he did not exist. And then this one man comes by and 
asked him a question. Don't you want to get better? And he explained to the man, and now when you go back to the beginning of the text when he said, sir, it was obvious in that point. I missed it on Sunday. I'm so sorry I did. But it was obvious then. He had no idea. Why didn't he call the man Jesus? Because he didn't know who he was. So he said, sir, I can't do it. And then Jesus without even identifying himself. Why, why didn't he identify himself? Why didn't he look like Jesus? You mean to tell me he didn't have on a clergy collar with a gold chain in his left pocket? He wasn't wearing some red or maroon shirt with Gucci shoes that matched the pants and had a tip that matched the shirt color. He he didn't look like a preacher. He wasn't even identified as someone of significance. He was just ordinary enough so that the people had no idea who he was. Why is that? Why is that he didn't identify himself? And then after he had done the job, he didn't even hang around to make sure the man knew what was going on. He just went on about his business. And then another thing I want to focus on, I'll move on away from this, I promise. This is my last piece of it. This man got up on the word of someone he did not know. And it intensifies my belief that he got up on the word of someone he did not know because that someone he did not know told him something he had never heard. And it motivated him. It sounded differently from everyone else that it came past. It was more inspiring than all the other people that he had ever known. The voice was different. The belief was different. The mindset was different. And even though he had no clue, he still believed something could happen based on what he had heard differently. Then we get to the the piece of business that has me a little angry, if you will. Makes me feel some type of way. And that piece of business is these religious people. They came up, and the first thing that they asked, they go, "Uh, excuse me, why are you up? It's almost as if this terminally ill person with destined to die in the next 24 hours, just miraculously got up and started walking around. Her kidneys were failing, but somehow they just popped back into her, her body, and they were brand new, and her heart was, was literally on a defibrillator, decided that it was going to charge itself and run on its own. All of these miracles that could potentially have happened to, and, and, and nobody cared about the fact that he wasn't sick anymore. Nobody cared about the fact that 
his greatest problem had been eliminated. Nobody cared about the fact that that he was a better man. He was no longer on drugs. He was no longer broke. He no longer suffered from PTS. Nobody cared that he finally got in a home, that he wasn't on the streets anymore. Nobody cared that he finally was gainfully employed. None of that mattered to them. The only problem they had was that it happened on Sunday or in their case on Saturday, the Sabbath. Oh, you could have did all that stuff whenever you wanted. But nobody gets healed on Sunday. You will die if it's on Sabbath. It doesn't matter. We don't, we don't go to the hospitals. We don't come to the emergency. If your house is on fire, it will just burn down because it's the Sabbath. We don't do anything on the Sabbath. And we have a problem with the fact that since we ignored you for 38 years, since we didn't care about the fact that you had this condition, we didn't try. All we had to do was come by, pick you up, and throw you in the pool. That's all we had to do. This was not a miracle of epic proportion. It wasn't like the raising of the dead. It wasn't like the unblinding of eyes. It was a simple task. Just pick this brother up and put him in the pool. But we chose not to do that for 38 years, and somebody came by and did something about it, and they didn't do it on the day that we selected. So now we got a problem. Now think about our society today. I think about all of the issues that's going on around and the folks that are doing things, whether it's political. That's seemingly where the conversation lands. I really don't care, or really doesn't matter, should I say. I don't want to say I don't care because that's not fair. But it seems that no matter what you do, you can't get away from the political part of it. Everything is politics. Church is politics. Your work is politics. You go watch a game of sports with a nice cold beverage and a bag of chips in your hand, and somehow that gets political. Everything is politics, right? And it seems that everybody's got an agenda. And when you really peel back the onion and get to the allergic and do section, do you feel at the end of the day like somebody cares? Or it's like everybody's here for something that they need? Once everybody gets what they need, the rest of the world, well, y'all figure it out on your own. Every man for himself and God for us all. <laughs> then you have another piece here that, that I have to go back to just briefly. Because when our religious leaders who had a problem with this man getting his life. It doesn't really matter if, and I'll and I, I just go here because I feel like it. It doesn't really matter that you have complications in your body. It doesn't really matter that you had some issues. It doesn't really matter if, if you are the one that's carrying whatever you're carrying. If it doesn't approve of what we want, talking to my women friends, 
I don't care if it is your body. We tell you what you can do with it because we are in charge. And if you do something to even protect yourself, and it goes against our code, then it is a problem. This man went against their code. His deliverance was against their code. Some doctor came down and helped him because he had had some issues. He had been raped on the side of the road, and and he had some problems inside of his body. I'm talking to my women folks. And just because the doctor came by and helped her, oh, no, 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 not that way. No, no, you don't do that. that, what, What you mean that you had a problem? That doesn't concern me. What concerns me is that you went against our code. But I'm, I'm going to get off that tangent for now. Help us. Because something else made me mad. You know what else made me mad? Or made me think, should I say? This gentleman had no idea who Jesus was. And then Jesus came back and he did identify himself. He was happy for the man. He said, see, I told you you could do it. I knew you were somebody. I know what they have been telling you for 38 years. I know you've been laying there in depression. I know you had come to a point where you felt like there was nothing else for you. I know. But look at you now. How you feel? You ever helped somebody and then went back to check on them? And you were just so happy to see that they were better. You were so happy to know that not what you had done, that didn't matter. Because if it mattered, you would have stayed by when they took the pictures and made sure that you was on the front page of the paper. But but as we heard about it up yonder in the text, he was gone by the time the publicity came around. So he wasn't interested in making sure that the uh, Judeo son, the Jerusalem Times, spelled his name correctly. He was just the man. But he came back. He got him over in a corner somewhere in the temple. He looked around and he said, I'm so proud of you. I'm so happy for you. Now let me ask you this question. Oh, I got to go back here. I know I said I'm late, but I got to go back. How come this Nobody is proud of my success. But the people who are supposed to be in the business of making me well could care less. Haven't you noticed when you look around, our planet is being destroyed, the people are on the streets, and it seems like the sinners care more about preserving and protecting than the church folks. Seem like the sinners want to see people love and see people cared for. I'm not here to, and I, I reiterate, I don't hear or come here to, to 
prove any points. I just come here to state the obvious, to state what I see. You look on your TV screens some months ago, now 21 days ago you were experiencing it, at least around these parts you were. They had a thing called Pride and all the little rainbow colors was flashing around the city and people were screaming about love and peace and joy and everybody was so happy. And you never seen that down at the church. Have we ever had a day where we just went out and just hugged somebody just because we could? Or was it always about why this happened at this time or who told you that was that was that really what needed to happen? Was it always in some type of conditionary form? We glad you got up, but you see if you hadn't have been with that man, you wouldn't have had this problem. I'm glad you healed, but you see, you went out there and laid down and got that little that little thing in you. I hope you learned something from that. Don't go down there and, and have sex before you get married. You don't know what that man's carrying. And nobody talks about the goodness of it. Nobody's thankful that I got over it. You got to remind me of why I'm here. I'm supposed to be leaving, but I just couldn't leave it alone a little bit. I'm going to have to come back there when I can really focus on that. Maybe I don't need to focus on that anymore. Maybe I've said enough. So I'm going to bring my other piece in, and I'm going home. The final piece that interests me, this man who had no idea when Andy Fox came around, he had no idea when Walter Cronkite asked him some questions. David Mirror was very curious about how this occurrence happened. This man who had miraculously got up and took up his mat, it was supposed to go live on World News at 6.30, but we had no person to hold responsible for this action. The man didn't know. Then Jesus comes back, slips back through out of the car, come back from within the smoke that he had slipped into before. And appreciates him. And then what did that man do? I wonder. You knew they hated you. You knew they didn't care. You knew they had turned their back on you. You knew that these people for 38 years did not even recognize you, that he didn't even have a name. You remember that, don't you? He was just the man laying there. And somebody came by and gave you something that you had never had before in your life, and then you turn him in? Were you excited? Did you not think about the ramifications of this act? Were you not concerned? Because, again, I got mine, he's got his to get, every man for himself, God for us all. What happened there? I don't know. I wasn't there. I'm sure you can find a theologian that would definitely entertain you and tell you things that probably won't make any sense. But, you know, that's what you want to go with. He'd probably give you an answer. 
But here's what I do know. I know two things. Number one, I know this man. This man who more than likely looking at our time today could have been scared to death. The political leaders came up and could have been a little bit harsh. They said, who said this? Who did this? So you have to imagine that it was with some type of force. So he went into survival mode. How do I clear myself? How do I make sure that this doesn't come back on me? So he had to turn around to find somebody to blame because they were after him. Why do we push people to hurt each other? Why do we push people? We try to smoke them out when we want our agenda pushed. So we go through and we find ways to get each other to turn. We really lynch each other. Divide them up. Turn them against each other and you'll never be able to continue. They'll never, they'll never, they'll never, they'll never overpower you. You can control them that way. We have subjected ourselves to a controlling society. And then the second point is, this man, this man who had been healed, this man who had been set free, this man who had found a pathway to life that he had never had, nowhere in that did he ever say thank you. Nowhere in that did he ever appreciate the person who had done it. A lot of you are doing good in this world, and you know the one thing that nobody really does for you? They don't appreciate you. They expect you to do it. You're supposed to heal me. You're supposed to come give me stuff. And the moment that you need them, they turn their backs on you. Won't even call you. As a matter of fact, you didn't call some folks and they stopped taking your calls. And all you wanted to do was call and check on them, but you don't exist anymore because you're not in there. You, they got everything they need out of you now. I know that makes you a little angry. I know that hurts you a little bit. hurts me. I'm supposed to be the preacher. I'm mad sometimes, <laughs> more times than some. But you know what I, I realized as I come in for my landing? I realized at the end of the day, whether it's the man that's lame, whether it's the religious leaders who obviously didn't care, there's one constant in all those fine folks that range true. They didn't have a clue. None of them had a clue. Brother Paul, he came down yonder, and his, 
his writings, he made it crystal clear. He presented the case. He's like, look, if they had known what they were doing, if they had known that by persecuting, by turning their backs on you, I look at even this call. It might have been when we started five or ten or some good people on this call. Then they started leaving. They got the feelings, the attitudes, whatever the case may be. If they had known that their leaving and they thought would hurt or weaken, if we just don't pay any attention to him, he won't be able to work anymore. Even in this city by which we live, there's some folks who look me in my face and told me, we're going to run you out of town. They ain't know no better. If they had known that if they just had to kept me in their little hole, they just had to isolated me, made me feel good, kept me over there all buttered up and cuddled up. If they just had done that, then maybe they would have got their wish. But you see, because they went and pushed you out, it forced you because you were hungry. You had to go eat, so you went and got another job. And when you went and got another job, you got a better opportunity. When you got a better opportunity, you grew a little bit more. And when you grew a little bit more, you went up higher. When you went up higher, now they're looking up at you. When they had just left you alone, they would have probably still had you down under their feet. They didn't have a clue. They persecuted him after that. Why? He was supposed to get that anyway. That's, that's the whole mission. You just did what you were supposed to do. Because they didn't have a clue. So I say, and I'm done now. This is it. That's my final. I, I, I hate doing that. I'm sorry. I told you nine times I'm finished, but I'm done now, 727. I would hope for you and for me when you hear me around somewhere and I'm feeling some type of way, remind me what I said today. I'm probably going to forget. When they start cussing, just say, they ain't know what they're doing. No, no, no. They don't know that they're making you better. They don't know that they're giving you publicity. There was a bishop around here, his name was Ellie Willis, around time, and they were putting things in the paper and criticizing. All the senior folks know about that. Bishop Ellie Willis would get up and he would say, all news is good news. All press is good press. What he meant by that is, don't matter what they put in the paper, my name's there. And the more time they lift up my name, same with Jesus. If you lift me up, I'll draw. Every time they persecuted me, he got lifted up. Every time they lied, he got lifted up. Every time they criticized, he got lifted up. Every time that they persecuted, he got lifted up. And that's why many of you, or where you are, because somebody lifted you up. They put you up higher. And because they did it, now you're better. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you. And so our fine Father and God, I really thank you today because we are better people. All of us. We are somebody. It is because of our enemies. It's because of those who have tried to destroy, tried to hurt. The tears that we have cried served as a proverbial river. We cried a river. And that river made a pathway to the other side. We thank you for the mountains that we climbed because it taught us the understanding of climbing. Gave us a new skill, a new opportunity, a new way of living. And as we propel into this week further, we ask that this would serve as an encouraging word for all those listening. And now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you believe in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And all those in agreement respond with a howdy. Amen. 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 Amen.